Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight, somebody say tonight. Tonight. It's October 6th, 2021. Wow. And we are going to have a tremendous night tonight. Yeah. Man, were you guys blessed by this past Sunday, this message? Hey, you're not carrying that right. You guys ever work construction and you appreciated somebody telling you you're doing something wrong? Yes. We learned in this sermon from our pastors, that was Pastor Wade, Pastor Matthew, and Pastor Nick Adergina. We learned in this sermon that it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how wise you are, nor does it matter how zealous you are for the Lord God Almighty. What we need is a team lift. Say team lift. In working together, in team lifting together, our unity is forged. And God's anointing flows from that unity. This is where we find his favor and his strength to complete the call. God knows exactly what he's doing. Even if it's taking me a while to get this mic on. Come on. <laughs> Let's jump straight into scripture. Exodus 25. This will be a familiar concept because you heard it a Sunday from my pastors coming from a, a, a similar passage. In 25 verse 9 it says, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings. Somebody say all. All. All its furnishings exactly to the pattern that I will show you. Yeah. Have them make a chest of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out. And make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings. Do y'all remember us talking about those four gold rings this past Sunday? Four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet. With two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make the poles of acacia wood. Come on, Timo. And overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the chest to carry it. Listen to this. The poles are to remain in the rings of the ark. They are not to be removed. Church, this is heavenly architecture. Moses got this pattern from God, and he's telling them, the way that I'm telling you to build this, there's some divinity mixed in it. There's something that is, is beautiful with the acacia wood, something that's beautiful with the gold. But what he is speaking to us, to this body, is that there are four gold rings. It's a team lift, y'all. Four rings never to be removed, ever. See, God builds in teams. This is his heavenly pattern. He put you in the body as he saw fit. And we're going to see what that looks like coming out of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Say there when you're there. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them. Just as he wanted them to be. Not one mistake. Every cubit matters. Every inch matters. And trust me, every gold ring matters. He is faithful. And he has been faithful over a period of 19 years to continually reveal his pattern to this body. He's continued to reveal his heavenly pattern to us in our lives. And he is faithful to give us the means for this project. Let's look at Psalm 127, verse 1. When you get to Psalm 127, say there. Or as you're turning, say there. there. Look at verse 1 of Psalm 127. It says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. LCM, has God built this house? Yes. Is he watching over this house? Yes. It's this lampstand in this house. Yes. So right off the jump, we want to make it known to you guys tonight. We want to tell you to keep building according to the pattern that our Father has already laid. Come on. Amen. Repeat that with us. Keep building according to the pattern. In fact, the title of our sermon tonight is Keep Building. Amen. Somebody say keep building. Keep building. In light of keep building, you guys go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 1. Say keep building as you go there. Keep 
So just some context. Ezekiel chapter 1, right? It's a fantastic book for you guys who've read through the book of Ezekiel. Some context. He's, he is an exile in his day, and he has received a revelation of all revelations. I mean, it's incredible. So as we pick up in verse 10, we want to start off with what Ezekiel is seeing in the heavens. It says this, their faces look like this. Each of the four had the face of a man. And on the right side, each had the face of a lion. And on the left, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Verse 11, such were their faces. Their wings were spread out upward. Each had two wings, one touching the wing of another creature on either side and two wings covering its body. So what Ezekiel is describing here is the four living creatures. You guys familiar with the four living creatures? Yeah. This is the description of what we see here in verses 10 through 11. What's interesting about what Ezekiel is seeing about these four living creatures is we have no origin of their story. We don't know the beginning of where they started or their end. But what we can clearly see is that these four living creatures operate and they operate together to move the throne of God. Yeah. And it originates from God's throne. Just like the pattern with Moses receiving, the, receiving the, the plans upon the mountain when God was speaking to him. These four living creatures move in such a way that they reflect God's heavenly pattern. Do you guys see that? Yeah. Think about this. These four living creatures, what made them so special? Do we get any context of why they're, they're carrying God's throne, these specific four? Out of all the created beings, right? So God is... He is a creator and the master of all. He created everything in the heavens and everything upon the earth. Out of all the created beings in the heavens, out of all the angels, the seraphim, the, the, the elders, the cherubim, the thousands upon thousands that surround God's throne in the book of Revelation, he chose these four living creatures. Now, it's not like they were in the back shooting dice to, to, to fight who's going to carry God's throne. God chose them out of his own prerogative. These four living creatures were to carry his divine presence. It was his prerogative, his choice, his way. This is special, church, and this is why. This is special in a highly regarded position in the heavens. They carry God's throne, not as individuals. They carry God's throne as a team. They, they carry the glory of God, and it rests upon them as a team. Now, the LCM, we want, to, we want you guys to cue in on this. Is everybody, is everybody paying attention right now? We want to tell you in case you didn't already know. We want to be the first to publicly announce to you tonight that you, LCM, are already a part of a team. Whoa! Is that revelation for some of you guys? You are already a part of a team. You are part of the greater team of the body of Christ, and God has put you in this body to be a part of the team here at, of LCM. LCM is made up of God's call, chosen and faithful followers, just like Revelation 17, 14. So we can take solace in that. Now, as we continue to talk about these four living creatures, we want to point out something here re regarding their interconnectedness. Let's take a look at verse 11 again. It says their wings were spread out upwards. Each of them had two wings, one touching the wing of another creature. So if we were doing this together, they would almost be like in, in a huddle. Yeah. But one there you go. One touching the wing of the other at all times. Yeah. Keep in mind, they had to carry the throne of God. Somebody say kavod. God's throne has some weight to it, some mass to it. And they had to do this together. And they were always connected. Is that not a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be living and growing in unity in this body? Yeah. We are growing in our interlocking nature. Amen. We're growing in our interdependency on each other. Because we're seeing that it is God's heavenly pattern. And we're learning how to build according to that. Amen. Now, this is special, is it not? Yeah. That these four living creatures, like Bim said, out of all the created things, they carry the very throne of the living God. And yet, he's put his divine nature in you. He's put his divine nature in us. We get to carry the very presence of God together. Amen. That is weighty. And that is purpose-filled. That encourages me that I get to carry the presence of the living God along with you, along with my family. Speaking of this interconnectedness, 
between the four living creatures, does it not remind you of what the priesthood was doing? We just talked about Exodus 25 and the four gold rings that were set there for them to carry God's throne. Like whether it's four of them or two of them, we don't know. But what we do know is that no man was lifting this alone. That's true. Just like the four living creatures, the priesthood was chosen by the Lord out of the entire nation, even out of the entire world. That is special, LCM. Yeah. Especially when you can see how that has been working through the generations and it's made it all the way to us. See, this is what Jesus did with his 12 disciples. He chose 12 to carry the revelation of the Messiah out of the entire nation, praying, waiting for Messiah, crying out every day and night for Messiah to come. He chose 12 Jewish boys to carry his revelation. And look at what it's done. Amen. Speaking of what it's done, we're going to turn to one of my favorite books, John 15, 16. Say, keep building as you get there. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. He chose the four living creatures. He chose the priesthood. And here, Jesus is choosing his disciples to bear lasting fruit. Now, is he playing some kind of trick game on them where he's going to tell them to do something that they're not capable of doing? Now, are they capable of doing it alone? No. But they are capable of doing it together, right? Yeah. All right. So that should show us exactly what he's doing in us. See, he has done this by his prerogative, his chosen way. And in the same way, he has chosen you, LCM, to be a part of the team, the larger body of Christ that is preaching his gospel and bringing his message to the world. You are a part of the mission of this body. And we have our military assignment from the commandant. Amen. Why is that, though? Why, why, why should this matter? Why should we be uh, encouraged? Why, why am I telling you to be encouraged at the fact that he's chosen you? Because it's the way that he chose to do it. Yeah. It is the way that he has been delighted to give us the kingdom. Just like it says, says in Luke 12, 32. It's his prerogative, his choice. And he can do whatever he wants, and yet he's chosen to do it through us. Amen. Man, I'm glad he's chosen us, Bim. Yeah, me too. We are too. <laughs> I'm glad he's chosen you. Yeah. There is no me without you. There's no us without us. That's, that's, like a, that's a fact. <laughs> There's no us without the Spites. There's no us without the Robinsons. There's no us without the Thomases. There's no us without... Uh, Lion-hearted Ray Ludvigson and his family. I'm glad that we don't even have to ask the question, what will we do without these people? We don't even got to ask that question because it's never going to come up. We are forming a unity that, can, that is unbroken and will be unbroken throughout our generations. Our, our, our children are going to grow up not calling each other church members. They're, they're going to grow up calling each other what we are. That's my uncle. That's my auntie. That is my family. And that's what God has graced us in. Can you, can you feel, do you feel blessed by the Lord right now? The fact that he has chosen you to be a part of this body. Yeah, you could have been off doing whatever you wanted to do, and it would have sucked your entire life. But you're not off doing whatever you want to do. You're in this body. What a blessing that is. We are experiencing his kingdom together as a team. This must have been what David was talking about in Psalm 16. So check this out. The Lord check chose the four living creatures. He chose the priesthood to carry the ark. He chose the 12 disciples out of the entire nation. And LCM, he has chosen you. What should our attitude be? It should be what we see in Psalm Hallelujah. 16. Look at what David says. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've read Psalm 16. I've only applied it to me in my little, uh, little corner, my little box of a life. I want you guys to look at Psalm 16 in light of being part of this team here in this body. Look at verse 5. Lord, you've assigned me my portion of my cup. Come on. You have made my lot secure. Where? Secure. In this team, in this body, here at LCM. Verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance right now in this body. Steve Thomas, you have a delightful inheritance as a part of this team. Verse 7. 
I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I would not be shaken. Come I on. know my fixed valley because he has placed me here in this body. LCM, we can take confidence in this. Yeah. Our father has picked each and every single family life in this body. You are part of this team. And we want to tell you, LCM, you are a part of God's perfect unity in this body. You're a part of his team. You've been chosen for a mission. That's how we're going to take that yellow area on the, on the map of a swan. How are we going to do it, Ben? We have to keep building according to the pattern. Keep building, baby. We have to continue to build according to the pattern. See, our father is not like the president who leaves you behind in Afghanistan. He actually would give you exactly what you need to continue to build according to the pattern. He'll say, hey, I want you to go from here, from point A to point B, and I will give you the tools to do it. And he has given us what we need in this body. Now, we can see in Ezekiel 1 that he chose the four living creatures as a team to carry his presence. LCM, he has chosen you to be a part of this team to carry his presence. As we look further in Ezekiel chapter 1, we want to learn a little bit more about these four living creatures. Pick it up in verse 15. Say, keep building as you get to Ezekiel 1, 15. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and the structure of the wheels. They sparkled like chrysolite. That is like a thousand times better than chrome. And all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any of one, one of four directions the creature faced. The wheels did not turn about as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome. And all four rims were full of lives. Man, what is going on here in Ezekiel? Keep in mind, this is the first thing God talks to Ezekiel about. Almost of, of first importance. Man, I see a wheel within a wheel and wheels intersecting wheels. What's going on? This interconnectedness had re has reached a new level. Practically speaking, you know a little bit about what that looks like. The interconnectedness reaching new heights that we have never seen before. Amen. See, we have a team of pastors working with a team of elders. That's another will. Ordaining a team of pastors. Another will. Discipling teams while other teams are being formed. So many wills. <laughs> That's teams to the fifth power. <laughs> Who don't have a team in here? Wait on it. Are you blessed? Are you blessed yes. by the interconnectedness of the leadership and the brotherhood in this body? Oh, yeah. I am. This is high and awesome. Right here and right now, we want to assure you that you will participate in the forming of teams within the, within the collective team. Realize, we are joined to the body of Christ in the body of Christ. We are joined to this body and the vision that God has given this part of the body. And there are teams forming even within this body. And that's going to reach across the nations. It's going to reach across the one association, as a matter of fact. In the same way, that these wheels are interconnected within wheels. Our lives are becoming interconnected more and more and more. We're forgetting how many ways that we're interconnected. How can we be so sure about this? Like, are you sure this is the pattern? Yes, I'm sure it's the pattern. God gave it to Moses and it's been working throughout the generations. And we're even seeing later on in captivity that God is showing Ezekiel just how interconnected the body of Christ is. Just how interconnected his throne is. This is how he builds, church. Why are we building the way that we're building? Why are we taking time to check the foundation? Why are we working on unity in our homes? Because we're learning more and more. The closer we get to the Lord, we're learning more of the way he builds. And he's given us time to fix it. He's given us time to set it plumb. He's given us time to build according to his pattern. And we're going to keep building. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at all what you can see in the moment. Yeah. I'm sure Ezekiel was, was flabbergasted by this. Man, wheels within wheels, how does that even work? Like if it's like a machine, aren't, isn't one going to get in, uh, mixed up with the other and it's going to blow up? 
Nick might know something about that. I've been working with it this week. But we see that this thing is the way that God builds. Your limitations, your abilities, they, they do not limit his ability to deliver on what he has promised. It's taken us a while to get this, I mean, to get this concept down, to get it, to get it firmly uh, embedded in our souls, to be able to see it in every portion of the word that we read. It's taken a while to do that. But it does not limit his ability to deliver on what he has promised. Do you want to see an example that will incline your heart to trust your faithful father in this process? You do? All right, turn to Genesis 1. When you get to Genesis chapter 1, say, keep building. building. Pick it up in verse 28, it says this. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Yes, Lord. Fill the earth and subdue it. Put the kibosh on it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. All right, LCM. You guys are all scholars here. Does anyone want to tell us, in light of Genesis 1.28, what the problem is here? Where's the woman? Yeah. The Lord says, God blessed them and said to them, there's no them yet. It doesn't exist. Where's the woman? In the words of our resident Hebrew scholar, Justin Treister, there's no them. There ain't no them there yet, ain't brother. There no them. Adam literally has been given a task that he cannot accomplish on his own. Now, does that stop him, though? No. He keeps chugging along and doing what the Lord tells him to do. In fact, look at, look at, look at Genesis chapter 2. Look at Genesis chapter 2 in light of what Adam actually does, picking up in verse 18. It says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Somebody say amen. Amen. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature, that's what, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. So church, we see Adam here is working in Genesis 2. The question for us is, what are we supposed to do while we're awaiting God's promises to be fulfilled? We have to do the very last thing he told us to do. Come on, Bill, say that again. Say it again. We have to do the very last thing he told us to do. He's faithful. He's like an archer. He draws the, the, the bow back, and he's going to release it for his target, and he always hits his target. He literally tells them, tells Adam in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply, gives him a task, and Adam is faithful to cultivate that task. He's faithful to do the next thing God has shown him to do, and at God's appointed time, he will bring about the promise. LCM, we can take confidence. Our, he, he is the one that calls things as though they're not because he is faithful, and he will bring it to pass. We keep building according to the pattern. Yeah. We keep performing our God-given function within this body. Adam continued to partner with God. He assigned the names and the functions of all the creation, all the animals, until God decided it was time to perform what he had promised. And it happened in the most interesting of ways. Look at Genesis 2.21. Adam did not see this coming at all. Yeah, it says this in verse 21. So the Lord God, and when I'm, we're reading this in the ESV. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its, its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought him to the man. Church, we see as we engage with this passage. That God's promise is not contingent on any human effort. Adam could not do anything to make this come about before God said it would. But let's look at what Adam did, to, did do so we could take on this attitude. Adam behaved as a son in his father's house, partnering with him until his will was accomplished. Adam received this call, and he may have been a little confused by it, but he didn't stop building. He didn't stop working. He didn't stop doing the last thing that God told him to do. 
And that is the very attitude that we take here in this body. That's the attitude that you take, LCM. You don't stop doing what God has told you to do. Even though there might be a seeming uh, lapse in resources, a lapse in uh, abilities, a lapse in whatever. You don't stop doing what God has already told you to do. Let's continue. We see that he is not bride hunting. Not trying to earn what God has already planned to give him. Indeed, I don't know if, if Adam would have actually came to the right conclusion about what his, life, his wife was supposed to look like. Yeah, that's, true. that's been true for every single man. You'd <laughs> have been like some of my cousins. <laughs> but God knew. God knew exactly what Adam needed. He knew exactly what Adam was going to need to accomplish the task better than Adam could. What was Adam's part in this? Oh, uh, God, you may make this, make this adjustment here. Uh, uh, something like that. Fix that. Turn, no, no, the that's dude not was what he sleeping. <laughs> he had no part in God bringing about this promise. So in the very same word, church, way, church, it, it's funny when we put it like that. He was literally sleeping while God was bringing about this promise. I have a question. Why do we worry about how the promise will come about? About when the promise will come about? About if I'm worthy of receiving what God you told me I would receive why do we worry indeed we should not and we will not can you commit to that you will not worry no we are those who have the attitude of Adam both Adams we stand our ground fulfilling our God-given function and we and he will bring us what we need to function in his pattern remember it's God's pattern that he's telling Adam to, to, to function in. It's God's pattern that he's telling Moses to function in. Now, if you've read, you have read Exodus 25, you know that the people are the one that brought the resources to build the tabernacle. They're already functioning in teams, and God is doing this for a specific reason. If you look at Matthew 6, 8, you'll see that he knows what you need before you even ask him. You are already within a team, LCM. That is the body of Christ. And you will form teams within that team, within this team. God can add specificity to beautiful revelation. And he's continuing to do that again and again. It's almost like he's building up to something. Why should you have confidence in this fact? Because at the time that God told Adam to work on his team lifting exercise, there was no team. All he saw was weight to carry. No team. And yet, you and I are literal testimonies to the fact that God can bring this about. What do you mean, Justin? God told Adam to go be fruitful and multiply with nobody to multiply with. And I'm looking at you. There's a lot of multiplication going on in here, in there, everywhere. So God is faithful. That's the point. In the same way, it's funny, right? In the same way that that, you're like, yeah, duh, of course. God is the same way with his promises to this body. He's the same way with his promises to us. So in the same way, we should laugh at like, man, that's silly. Why, why, why would Adam even worry about that? Look how faithful God is. Remember that. Next time we get worried. We're not going to get worried because we're going to remember that right. Remember that it is his prerogative. It is his choice and it is his way that he builds like this. So we can trust in that pattern. We can see that the Lord was faithful to Adam and brought a team within the team that Adam already had with the Lord. Can you see that? Yeah. We're going to see how that happens in Genesis 15. And we're going to talk about the Lord's faithfulness. So keep building when you get to Genesis 15. All right, are you guys in Genesis 15? Look at verse 12. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep. It's like the week we just had. And a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Skipping on to verse 17, it says this, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking pot, fire pot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On the day, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. In Genesis 15, here we see Abram, who's similar to 
Adam had promises from God that he could not accomplish on his own. Abram had limitations like Adam. And we're made in the, in the image of Adam. And we have limitations. Abram did everything he could possibly do. And after doing what he could in his obedience to the Lord, laying out the sacrifices, making the right sacrifices, he fell into a deep sleep while awaiting the sign of the promise to come about. Abram wasn't lazy. He wasn't like, Lord, I've heard your promise. I think it's going to come to pass. I'm just going to go to sleep. No, he, he, he performed his function in partnering with God in that task. And we can see that he had his own limitations and he fell asleep. LCM. You guys are obedient to do what the Lord has shown you. Amen. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be here. But you are because you have been obedient. You have and are making the right sacrifices required of you by our king. Say amen. amen. I want to let you guys know that no amount of human effort can speed up God's promise. And none of our human limitations can actually slow it down or cancel the promises that he has made. We Come can on, see man. this with Abram. We can see this with Adam. And we can see it in our lives. We can look at promises that the Lord has made our family, our team. And it has nothing to do with our own physical ability to bring it about. Our king is faithful to call his shots and then land those shots. Amen. So with that being said, in the fate of, of Abram, let's imitate the attitude that we see of this patriarch by patiently enduring and being full of hope in our faithful king. Amen. Check out Numbers 33 in light of this. Pick it up in verse 18. Psalm 33, yep. verse 18. Now because, that's right. That's right. We got it. Because you Bible scholars, you've read, you've read Genesis 15 many, many times. And you know that God told Abraham something that is a special, uh, a special promise in Scripture. One like no other. He tells Abraham, Abraham, do not be afraid. I am your shield and your very great reward. Might be what the psalmist was thinking about here in Psalm 33, verse 18. It says, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts greatly rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. See, what began with one man in Abram, it expanded to his family and brought about an entire nation that blessed the entire world. And it's still happening to this day. True. Abram had his hope placed firmly in the Lord and his unfailing love and his faithfulness to his promises. Even though what seemed to be the death of that promise many times over, Abraham came to places and points in his life where many times over, it seemed like the promise was dying. One of those times, he even had his hand, he had his, his hand on the knife. And many times over, God resurrected it. And many times over, Abraham was in famine-like circumstances in his life. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to the continued dying of the promise just to see it resurrected? The continued uh, famine of circumstances that God is using to discipline us as his sons? See, Abraham could not be overcome by what he saw. He couldn't be overcome by what seemed to be a, a gutter real estate. And that's because he had a starry view of what the Lord was doing. Abram waited in hope for the Lord. And so will we, LCM. We want to say to you, family, that we consider it an absolute certainty that we will see the forming of many teams within the collective team, the body of Christ. We will see the forming of many teams in this body right. and in the one association. Yeah. We're going to move about in an interconnected kind of relationship. It's going to be high and awesome yeah. because we are building according to God's pattern. It is a certainty that God will provide for us everything we need to accomplish his will. As a matter of fact, because you're biblical scholars, you know that he already has. 2 Peter 1 says he's given you everything that you need for life and godliness, and he has not lied. Amen. But he's doing it his way, in his timing. Right. It is as a certain as the wife that is sitting next to you, husband. Oh, come 
This that time. That exactly, Gabe. All of y'all should be like Gabe. As certain as your wife is sitting next to you, husband, I'll, I'll get back to you in a second. You can know that God will bring about exactly what he promised that he would. As certain as the children are, that are here, as my brother JJ said, that should not be here. And the children that are still on the way. Come on, Arizinas. It is a certainty that God will bring about exactly what he's what promised. And you know you haven't been left out. It is a certainty, an absolute certainty, that as sure as God is bringing spouses to the secure singles in this place, Amen. he will bring about exactly what he has said he would. Amen. Praise the Lord that he's able to do this. Amen. Praise God that he is not bound by human limitations or what we currently see. He doesn't have to operate in what we currently see. He brings about what he says he'll bring about. Until then, we wait in hope. Until then, we rejoice in him. We're practicing that right now. Until then, we will continue to feast in the abundance that he's given us in this house. And we trust in his Hashem, his holy name. Church, I want to tell you that human effort cannot speed up, nor can human limitation slow down God's will, God's plan, God's pattern. Our encouragement to you tonight is keep building according to the pattern. It's a pattern that cannot be shaken. It's a foundation that will not give way to the onslaught of hell. We want to point out that with these four living creatures, we already identified that the Lord chose them, just like he's chosen to be a part of this body. We saw the wills connecting with wills, intersecting with wills, and they were high on all seven. And we can see that the Lord is, is, will allow us to participate in the formative teams. He's yep. bringing these things to pass. We can see it with our pastoral team and our elders. We want to point out one more thing in Ezekiel 1 with those four living creatures. So keep building as you go back there. Look at, look at Ezekiel 1, picking up in verse 9. And their wings touched one another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Jump down to verse 12. Each one went straight ahead. Say that with us. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. We've already established that the four living creatures were interconnected. They were interdependent, just like we are in this body of LCM. Their interconnectedness at multiple levels with wills that were within wills, just like the teams that God is forming here at LCM. Teams within teams. All of this culminates in what we now see here in Ezekiel. Whatever direction the four living creatures were moving as led by the Spirit of God, it was always forward. Come on. Did you guys catch that? Never backward. There's four of them. They're, 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 their wings are touching each other, and they're carrying the glory and the throne of God. And in every direction that they move, it was always forward. Think about the amazing unity that requires that in every direction that they move, it's always forward. Think about that unity that we have been learned to form here in this body. That in the direction that we're moving at LCM, that the Lord is leading us by his spirit, it's always forward. Right into what we need for our brothers in ways that we could only grasp in previous years. We are closer now to building according to God's pattern than we have ever been. How amazing is that? We are closer now to replicating the pattern than we've ever been. And it doesn't matter how, it, how we feel about it or how it seems on any given day. We are closer on this day tonight to the pattern that God has laid out. Mr. Tom, you are closer now to building according to the biblical pattern than you have ever been. Come on. Is that encouraging? Yes. Ibrahim, you are closer now to building according to the pattern than you have ever been. Amen. You are closer to the throne of God. You are closer to actually moving forward in the generations than you have ever been. And that is something that we should all be encouraged by. Amen. Andreas, you are closer now than you have ever been yeah. to moving his kingdom forward. Come on. We see in Genesis 1 that everything, I mean everything, gives birth according to its kind. And, and you can see that, right? The, you know, the, yeah. the cow gave birth to the cow. The alligator gave birth to the alligator. However that works. But we can also see it in our history as a church. Yeah. 
See, Pastor Eric was called by God to start this church. No. <laughs> That's not what I said, Pastor. Hey, you make an amazing mistake. That's all I'm going to say about that. He was by himself, but he knew and desired a team. From the very onset, the Lord started to show him the need for this team, and he started crying out for a team. So everything that we're uh, admonishing you to do, everything that we've learned to do from our pastors, realize they did it first. <laughs> I help you listen to them easier. <laughs> he was crying out for this team, and God sent the P-Rose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Tenacious, brother. <laughs> Pastor Eric and Pastor Matt, they knew that a team needed to grow. And they moved forward in advocating for it. And they began crying out for the Lord to send the Sutherlands. These three pastors continued moving forward and advocating for the teams. And now we have been blessed as a body because of it. Have you not? We've been blessed as a body to, to experience something and participate in something that I don't know exists anywhere in the world. I'd be happy to find out about it, but I just don't know that it exists. We now see a six-man team working to pastor this body. And it's nine if you include the elders with the military intelligence. Now, this takes a while. See, we look at it. You know, I came to this church five years ago, and I saw amazing unity, things that I had never seen before. We've grown since then. But I only came five years ago. This has been a 19-year process of the Lord continually adding progressive revelation, adding beautiful things to get us closer and closer and closer to his pattern, closer to where we can carry his throne farther in the world. See, it may take a while, but you can find encouragement in the fact that it's worth waiting on. Just like that wife was worth waiting on, it's worth waiting on God bringing these teams about. Get it, Cody? We are building according to the biblical pattern and producing after our own kind. See, it came down our pastors. It's moving through the disciples that have, that have, become, that have become pastors. And it's moving to us. We are starting to produce according to our own kind. And this is our focus. We said earlier, our kids are going to grow up knowing not just church members or congregants. They're going to grow up knowing each other as family. They're going to, they're going to grow up saying, hey, I have family over in Turkey. As a matter of fact, I live in Turkey. I have family over in Virginia. I have family in, in Baton Rouge. Indonesia, that's right. Come on, Gary. Our people rule. <laughs> this is what our children are going to know. My kids are going to grow up knowing who Shama is. That's right. And that is something that is Amen. so beautiful I can't describe. And he's called you to it. He's called us to it. Yeah. This is something that we should find encouragement in, the fact that we have been uh, blessed to be a part of this awesome team that God has, has called us to. Yeah. But it's not just about us. It's not just stopping with us. It's not just stopping with our teams. God is going to do this through our generations. See, our our kids are only going to know this way of life. They're not going to know anything else. And because we all have come from a dead way of life, we can say amen to that, right? Let's look at the scriptural encouragement that we find in Hebrews 10. Look at Hebrews 10, pick it up in verse 35, and we'll just throw it on the screen. So do not throw away your confidence. LCM, do not throw away your confidence. The Lord is doing something beautiful in this body. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will, say you will. You will. Receive what he has promised. LCM, based on how we persevere now and the confidence that we have to build upon the biblical pattern, you can be certain that the work that we produce now will span across the nations and the generations. Amen. We want to encourage you guys tonight. Do not throw away your confidence. Persevere in what you know is right. Work at it. Cultivate it. Persevere in building according to the pattern, and you will give birth according to your kind. Amen. Man, in light of this, in light of Hebrews, in light of the pattern the Lord has given to Moses, we want to reveal something to you guys in Revelation 15. Check this out. In Revelation 15, I'll let you guys get there. Say, keep building when you get there. Revelation 15, picking up in verse 3, says, And sang the song of God's servant Moses and the Lamb. 
Come on. It's almost like the same pattern that the Lord gave Moses is the same pattern that has worked its way throughout the generations. And we can see that with Moses being the first generation and, and the Lamb being the 70th generation, they were on the same team. They're writing the same song. They're singing the same song. It's the same pattern. The same pattern that the Lord gave Moses is the same pattern that we can see that we're walking in. So much so that Moses and Jesus are writing a song together. How awesome is that? Come on. Look, at, look at how the song goes. goes on to say in Revelation 15, Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. King of the nations, who will, not, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And after this, in verse 5, after this I looked, and I saw in heaven the temple, that is the tabernacle of the covenant of the law, and it was open. Come on. God gave Moses this pattern, and he was with Moses. That same pattern made it all the way to Jesus, and he was with his son. The Lord is with us now. We have this pattern. He's with us now in building this pattern, and it will go on to the generations, and he will see it to its completion. Church, we can take full confidence. We can actually rest assured that he is faithful to complete what he has started. Look at Philippians 1. Pick it up in verse 3. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You realize that in Exodus 25, 9, God told Moses, hey, build exactly according to the pattern you saw in the heavens. Well, we're a long time from now. This, what we read in Revelation, that hasn't happened yet. See, those children are still being raised. Those children's parents are still being raised. Some of our descendants are going to be in that number in Revelation 15. And from Moses until that point, God has been working with his people. He's been working to build according to this pattern, helping them along the way, showing them, revealing things to them to make sure that it gets built exactly according to the pattern. Church, we want to say that our God is faithful. He is faithful, and you can be confident in this, that he who began the good work in you, he who began the good work in you Amen. will carry it on to completion. From Genesis to Revelation, he will carry on the work that he started. You, LCM, you are a part of a team, and you will see the forming of teams within this team. Amen. You will partake in that, Amen. but not just you. This is going to last much longer than you. It's going to go much farther. It's going to expand, expand in, a, in a more vast way than we could ever take it in any other way. It's going to expand through the nations and through the generations based on what God is doing right now in this body. How can we know that? Because the gospel made it to America, but it started in Israel. So it's going to go, it's going to go out from this place, and we can take confidence in our position right now. Amen. Based on what you know that God will do, it should give you confidence right now that, hey, I'm going to step up into my position on this team. Things may not be clear. I may not know exactly where I'm going. I may not know exactly who I'm called to work with. But I know I'm in a team right now. And I know I will participate in the building of teams. So I'm going to do it with confidence. I'm going to do it rejoicing along the way until God adds the perfect detail that he wants to. Stand to your feet. LCM. We want to remind you and tell you again, and there's no problem to tell you again, that you are a part of a team right now. You have your place in this body right now. What this should cause you to do, what we're going to do as we get into worship, is we're going to celebrate the fact that, hey, I am called to an amazing body. I am called to the body of Christ right now, and I have a place, like Mephibosheth, I have a place at the king's table. We want to tell you that you will be a part of the forming of teams within his teams. It's how God builds. It's going to happen. So until then, endure faithfully. Endure patiently. Endure joyfully. Be an example to the body of what it looks like to replicate the pattern that Adam set. The pattern that, that Abraham set in waiting for God's promises to come about. We want to tell you 
that with absolute certainty that the work that is going on now, what we are building in our homes, what we're building in our relationships, this, this will not stop with us. This will not stop in our generation, in our lifetime. This will span across nations and generations that we don't even know about yet. So we got some work to get to do. Focus outside of your life and your lifetime and meditate on it. What is God doing in my children? What will God do with them? What will he do with Paul Rosales' children? What will he do with, with Keith's children? Meditate on that. So that causes hope to rise. That causes a, a, a kind of momentum to build in the body of Christ that's like those four living creatures, always interconnected and always moving because you know that we got something to get to. As you come down to this altar, we're going to do that in a celebratory fashion because the Lord has called you to be in this team. As the One Association Conference is approaching, as themes are being formed within teams, we're going to intercede for our pastors. We're going to intercede for our brothers all across the nations, all across the country, that God will make his presence made manifest on that place. And we're going to do this, thirdly and finally. Pray for what God wants to do in your generations. And because we are a team interconnected, pray for what God wants to do in your brothers' lives. Pray for what God wants to do in Samson. Pray for what God wants to do in Yusuf. Pray for what God wants to do in Shammah and what he's building in our interconnected, interwoven bodies. Pray for your brothers to your left and to your right. And let's build the kingdom together. Like Nehemiah, we're not going to stop the work. Yeah, we might, we might hear things that they try to get us to stop the work, but we're not going to stop the work because we know the high and awesome calling that we're called to. Do you want to celebrate that? Do you want to celebrate God's victory? Do you want to beat your arrows five, six, seven times on the ground until he brings about that victory? Well, let's do that together right now. Father, we praise you, Lord, for what you are doing in this body, Lord. Oh, we praise you for the pattern that is coming down right, right now, mighty God. We say, fill us with joy, Father. Lord, fill us with expectancy. Fill us with hope and with revelation on what you are building in our generations.